Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. the Satellite Sisters, welcome to the show. Have kind of a skeleton crew here this weekend, but you'll hear all the details. You'll understand why. Julie and I still have a lot to share. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, joined by my sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. I understand you had a big week of personal growth, Julie. Can't yes. wait to hear about it. Well, Liz, you know, May is the month for personal development. Maybe you didn't know it, but it is in my household, and I can't wait to tell you about it. <laughs> I did not know that. Damn. And now half the month is gone, and I haven't done any development at all. Uh, well, anyway, we did want to shout-outs to a couple of people who have been working hard and really developing themselves. You are getting this Satellite Sister show a few days later this week because our webmaster, Sarah Sweeney, is actually in Las Vegas this weekend where her sister, Beth, is graduating from from medical school. So come on, sisters, that's a huge deal. Can you imagine graduating from medical school? I, I can't. I can't, Liz. And that's that's an, ep- that's an epic accomplishment. Epic accomplishment. So congratulations, Satellite Sister, Webmaster, graduation from med school. Man, oh, man, that's great. Another accomplishment this week, the word is out that Leon's book, you know, Leon's hilarious best-selling novel, Helen of Pasadena, has now been picked up by Costco in Southern California. So if you are in Southern California, we would like visual proof that this book is actually in circulation at Costco stores. So if you're a Costco member, check out the book department. If you see Helena Pasadena on display, please, please take a picture and email it to us uh, and let us know what store you're in. I'm going to be down in the Marina Del Rey store today, just doing a little bit of scouting, but we would like a complete survey of Southern California. And if you don't live in Southern California, but you're still a Costco member, you should just bug whoever is in charge of your store and say that they have much better books in Southern California. Okay. (laughs) So, so go with that. And then, uh, What's up with Sheila and Monica? Well, you know, Sheila, as she told us last week, this is the night of her big school party. So she couldn't possibly be with us, Liz, because she is pulling out all the stops. So she's having her hair and makeup professionally done today before the big end of the end of year school party. She's wearing plum fringe. Don't you recall? Correct. So so she is going to hit hit out of the park tonight. And uh, she needed to focus her attentions. Monica, I sent Monica a text, which, you know, is really not such a good idea because Monica has a phone that barely receives text messages. And it so barely Ma- receives phone calls. She has like a 1991 $5 a month cell phone. So, but I, I did get back from, I did hear back from Monica, just two words, in Miami was the only thing. <laughs> She was able to get out on her phone. But I, I took that to, uh, to understand, or I understood that to be, that she was not able to be with us on the podcast because she is in Miami. And, you know, the poor thing, you know she worked hard to be able to tap, tap, tap that out on her old cell phone. So hats off to you, Monica. Welcome to, welcome to the tech stage. Oh, that's so funny. Well, one other family note. I am... Uh 
taking mom and dad to the movies tonight. Uh, it was our mother's 84th birthday yesterday, and uh, you know, which comes hard on Mother's Day. So we have a lot of celebrations for my mom in the middle of May. So she said, "Well, why don't we just go to the movies and have a nice dinner for my birthday?" So then, so I've been killing myself all week trying to figure out what movie that is currently in theatrical release is appropriate for me and mom and dad. (laughs) And uh, you know how hard that is, Julie. You've had this assignment before. It was a toughie. I knew what I wanted to see was Bridesmaids. I'm dying to see that. (laughs) That looks hilarious. And that also got a lot of great reviews. And I love Kristen Wiig. And the story sounds very cute. You know, those Judd Apatow movies, you have to admit, they're hilarious. Tasteless, but hilarious. And so I'm thinking, well, I want to see that, but there's no way that's appropriate for mom and dad, right? There's just no way they would find. Well, that I think there's a high raunch factor in yeah. that movie, yeah. and uh, mom and dad don't do a lot of raunch uh, these days. <laughs> so when so when when I talked to her on the phone last night, I'm like, okay, I was thinking about movies. Have you? Been, is there anything out there that you really want to see? And mom said much to my shock she said well i've been hearing all about that movie bridesmaids and i'm like oh god no oh please don't make it please don't ruin that whole movie for me by having me see it with mom and dad and luckily i gave her a beat and she said but that just sounds awful doesn't it and i'm like Good. yes Good. mom that sounds awful so i i said what i always say when it comes to movie recommendations i said well i have a movie that julie recommended because you have an excellent track record with them and didn't you tell me that this movie Win Win was pretty good? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because I, I wouldn't normally be attracted to that kind of, you know, thing. But um, I said, well, Julie recommended Win Win. And she was like, yes, your father and I were talking about that. And we thought that looked very good. So we're going to see Win Win tonight. And uh, I'll give you a complete report on that and maybe Bridesmaids <laughs> next week on the show. Oh, well, that sounds good, Liz. It's a feel-good movie. You'll enjoy it. It's a win-win situation, Liz. Win for you, win for mom and dad. So uh, just go with that theme. I think you'll enjoy it. And here's the thing about going out with mom and dad, and any of you who have older parents, you'll know how the early bird scenario can really work in your favor. Um, I have other plans later tonight. A friend of mine (laughs) is actually having a... um, an art opening he has a gallery show opening and the so the vip whatever opening night is 6 to 9 p.m so you're thinking well if i'm going to the movies with mom and dad and then dinner i don't know if i'm going to be make that be able to make that but the beauty part about 84 year old parents is we're going to a 2:30 movie which means we're having dinner at five o'clock which means they'll pretty much be home by seven o'clock and then i can have my second saturday night So I think I have it all figured out. Again, Liz, seems like a win-win situation for you going. You got going for Saturday night. All right. And I have two other items that I wanted to share. Uh, One is I got an email. Have you ever gotten an email from someone, from a friend of yours, or kind of an acquaintance where you can just tell whether you know them well or not? that their email has been hacked and it's not really from them. Have you ever gotten one of those? Yes, yes. There's something about it, like something in the subject line just doesn't match the name. It's just not an appropriate conver- uh, communication. In exactly, some exactly. So I got, and I have a feeling this is going around. So as a public service, I am offering you this. Do not fall for the latest email scam where the subject line is awful Belfast trip. <laughs> okay, now... <laughs> That just sounds unlikely for almost anyone I know to send me an email with that in the subject line. 
right? Yes. But, but especially this guy. He, like, I don't know him in that way that he would send me an email with a subject line that says, awful Belfast trip. So then I get into reading it, and it says, how's everything on your end? Uh, this has had to come in a hurry, and it's left me in a devastating state. Okay, already, so not him. It's, right. not, it's not a good sentence, and he happens to be a professional writer. So already I'm suspicious. There's no way he would write a sentence like that. Then he said, I traveled, traveled to Belfast, UK for a one-week volunteer training program. Okay, then I was totally out because this guy that I know and like, there's no way he's volunteering for anything. In the whole world, <laughs> I just – so I knew that everything after that was a lie. So everything after that was the embassy has given me my traveling documents, but I can't pay my hotel bill. Can you please send me 1,400 pounds as early as possible so I can return home? It was sort of weird in- use of the English language. Yes. I, it just like everything about it was suspicious. And then regards Lee at the end. And it just, I knew it was not him. So I just totally ignored it. It was clear to me that his email had been hacked. And then later in the day, uh, I got an email from him saying, as most of you gathered, the recent email from me purportedly strung out for dough in Belfast was a fraud. Uh, that Yahoo email account has been terminated, blah, 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 blah. And so I responded to him and I just said, Lee, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But the moment I saw that this was a so-called volunteer training, I knew it could not possibly be you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot like all the letters and emails you used to get from people in Nigeria. Right. That if you just sent some money or just give me your bank account number, I'll be able to transfer you know millions of dollars into that account. We'll split split the money. So this seems like somebody's working a little harder to make the stories a little more creative, Liz, because I actually got one similar to that from, again, someone I hadn't talked to in a while, but the setting was Rome and they were robbed. And uh, it mentioned their two daughters, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, And they just needed... They needed like 1,500 euros to be able to, you know, get back home. Mm-hmm. It's actually very clever. Whatever they have figured out how to do now, it's because it's coming from a person you know instead of an anonymous person, a fake person in Nigeria, you at least read it, you know. Yes. And then yes. if you're paying attention, the details are usually so implausible you don't get sucked in. But it was uh, it was just an interesting new twist on the storytelling. So I thought I would share that. And, you know, if your judgment tells you that he would never send me an email like this, uh, that's usually correct. I think you should just go with your gut on that. Right. All, right. All right. Speaking of my gut, what an excellent transition. I have a medical issue that I wanted to share with you, Julie, because I've been given a course of action which I'm just not sure I'm going to be able to follow. But here, so here's the backstory. I don't know if you were on the show. This was a couple of months ago where I mentioned that I had a choking incident at work. Did I tell you that story? Yes, yes, Liz. Yes, you did. So I I was at lunch at work in the company dining room having a little chicken stir fry, and I started to choke on my lunch. And it did require the Heimlich maneuver, which luckily, luckily my lunch companion was familiar with. And it was all over in five seconds, and it was fine, and it was good. Well, after that, I started being conscious of the fact that I sort of had, like, a lot of problems swallowing. Not, I mean, not a serious problem, but I was having to focus a little bit more on swallowing than was normal. 
I mean, that's just one of those things, like breathing, that you just don't think you should have to, th- it's not a conscious act. It's sort mm-hmm. of an unconscious act. So because this sort of raised a little bit of my consciousness about, huh, yeah, that does feel weird when I swallow now. I thought I would go see my doctor and ask her, like, what's the deal? I'm very conscious of the fact that it's like there's something stuck in my throat all the time. So she sent me in for this test that's called the barium swallow. Have you ever had oh. one of those? Sounds horrible, Liz. No, I have not. It's actually not as bad as it sounds. It does sound horrible, but it's they give you this sort of radioactive thing to drink, and then they take a picture of it as it's going down your gullet, and they see it, how does your esophagus work and what happens when it hits your stomach and all of that. And because it glows, they can tell exactly what's happening to the liquid. And the whole thing only takes about 10 minutes, and the stuff tastes bad but not awful. You know, it's I would put it like if... If 10 on the bad scale is that colonoscopy stuff, this is only a five. And you only have to drink like a little Dixie cup full of it, so it's no big deal. So so they take a picture of that, and then the radiologist is sending my results in, and then I have to go see like a throat specialist. And the throat specialist does this other thing where they actually thread a camera down your throat. I mean, you're like oh. you're like sitting in a dentist chair. The camera is only as big as like a thread, though. So it's not, and they, they thread it down your throat through your no- nose. So that's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I won't give you any more okay, don't details tell me. on don't that. Tell me. But, but then, then, so the doctor can actually see, it's another way of seeing how is your esophagus working. And it's just amazing the diagnostic tools they have, you know, so that boom, boom. So much better than cutting open your throat or, you know, lobbing off your nose to to take a peek (laughs) down that way. Yeah, because I had, I, I, in between the time I realized I was conscious of not being able to swallow all that well and the time I saw any of these doctors, of course, you go to WebMD and you look it up. And it, you know, it's like a sign of all of these horrible things like multiple sclerosis and Lou Gehrig's disease and early Alzheimer's and all of this kind of stuff. So that all got my attention, too. So anyway, so they're now taking all these pictures of my throat. And it turns out what I have, and we could see it in the pictures in the barium swallow, is acid reflux. It's just plain old acid reflux, which is like... I've heard, I've seen the commercials for that, Liz. So Me, I me too, but I never really knew what it was. Okay. So basically what it is is just super duper heartburn. And you'd think that I would have been aware that I had super heartburn, but I don't know. I just had never really noticed it before. Or I guess my only real symptom of this was the swallowing thing. And uh, so anyway, so almost all of this can be solved by changing your diet. So So here is the real problem because the things I have to eliminate from my diet are basically the only things I ever eat or drink. And I've realized now, you know, that you sisters have given me a hard time with the fact that the primary ingredient of everything I make, no matter what course of the meal it is, uh, appetizer, main course, or even dessert, the primary ingredient I cook with is balsamic vinegar. Right. It is the it is the center of your universe, Liz. <laughs> Truly, yes. And, and I know you make fun of me for it, but I don't mind because I know it's true. Because I love that super acidic flavor. This apparently is what has created <laughs> this. <laughs> Essentially, I have balsamic vinegar poisoning. Is what I have. That's what I'm calling it. It's not Liz. <laughs> it's incredible. Not, isn't that incredible? It's not. You know, you can call it acid reflux if you want. That actually sounds very dull. I know that the source 
source of my medical issues is my addiction to balsamic vinegar and like-flavored things. I just, everything I eat is very acidic. And I, I figured that out when they gave me the list of what I need to avoid. Okay, the first thing, under beverages, you need to avoid coffee, oh. tea, oh. soda, and mm-hmm. wine. Aren't those the only four Don't, things you drink? Yes, yes, they are. I really think that's about 100% of my beverage intake in a given day. I occasionally choke down a glass of water, but only when, like, my trainer is staring at me and forcing me to do it. Uh, the uh, Yeah, so I, here's my first question for you, Julie. If you don't drink tea, coffee, soda, or wine, what the hell am I supposed to drink? <laughs> I don't know, Liz. I, I, I think you I, need to join a balsamic vinegar support group. <laughs> I mean, somebody is going to have to help you through this, Liz. You're yeah. not going to be able to do this by yourself. No, so I'll wait till you hear number two. So number two is you need to avoid acidic fruits and vegetables like tomatoes and onions. Well, Which are, again, the main things that you cook yes. up with your balsamic vinegar exactly. is for tomatoes, onions, and garlic, I guess. Yes. Oh, garlic's also on the list. That's a, It's a stay away from spicy food, including garlic. Really, tomatoes, I've often said that is my desert island food. If you sent me to a desert island and I was only allowed to eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would be tomatoes. And I'm now supposed to eliminate tomatoes from my diet. I don't oh. know. I don't know how that's possible. I can't think of anything else to eat. I've been working on this for like three days now. I'm like, I don't understand. And what is there out there that's not acidic? So okay. So there's that whole thing. Then they have rules like this one. You're not supposed to go to sleep until three or four hours after you have dinner. So okay, that is harder than it sounds, because sometimes I don't get home from work until say eight or eight thirty. So say I'm having dinner at 8.30. I'm not staying up till midnight, people. <laughs> Just so. Or, I, I mean, or Liz, you travel so much. You do a lot of international travel. That's right, the main right. thing you're supposed to do. Get on the plane, eat the meal, go to sleep. <laughs> right, that's right. That's right. how you survive international travel. I, I just don't, like this week, exactly. I went to Switzerland back this week. I didn't even mention that because that's just what I do during the week. I go to a foreign country, and it takes 18 hours to get there. I spend two days there, and then I spend 18 hours getting home. I sleep when I can, I eat what I can, and I drink a lot of coffee and wine, okay? That's my life. <laughs> And there's almost no country in the world where they don't serve you a lot of tomatoes. It's one of the safest things you can eat in all of these places. So, okay, so I have to, like, stop drinking everything I drink. I have to stop eating everything I eat. I have to stay up until after midnight um, if I don't eat until 8 o'clock. The only good news is the other two things which you're not supposed to do is smoking cigarettes, which I don't do, and eat um, mints. And as you know... (laughs) I hate the flavor of mint. You hate you hate mint. <laughs> okay, so but Liz, there must have been something in the other column. What is there something? Are there, is there any? Okay, what I okay, I printed that out today because I realized that just because I couldn't think of anything that would be in the other column, there must be some other. So yeah, sure. So I can eat bananas, right? Okay. I'm fine with that. Uh, baked potatoes, cabbage. I mean, really, come on. Oh, that is the most disgusting diet, Liz. Don't do not do that. And again, Liz, I mean, you have been working really hard not to eat a lot of carbohydrates. Those I know, I know. I'm good with breads, 
corn, graham crackers, pretzels, all those things I no longer eat, I can eat that. Uh, Under beverages, here's what they have listed is the allowed beverages, water. Like, really? (laughs) You 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 can have hot or cold water. (laughs) (laughs) There there are quite a few um, desserts that I'm allowed, but I really don't eat those anymore. I know you're you're like a savory girl Liz <laughs> I, I'm totally savory and that's why I just I'm so savory that I poisoned myself Julie I am allowed macaroni and cheese come on that's don't tell me I can't eat tomatoes but I should eat macaroni and cheese this is a sleigh ride to hell I'm now on no um, no I mean women our age cannot eat macaroni and cheese Liz okay that's that's not for our age group okay that's that's the plain facts of life okay, so right and I'm so and I'm supposed to stay away from salad dressings that are either creamy or oil and vinegar well, <laughs> What does that leave? It really leaves nothing. Exactly. Exactly my point. So I will just put that out there to the world. If you have any uh, food items that I've never thought of that you think are both healthy for me and healthy for my, uh, to treat my balsamic vinegar poisoning, (laughs) uh, please send them right in because I'm at a total loss about, about what to eat. So there you have it, Julie. That's my medical update. Yes, I've got, uh, it's called dysphagia, and it's caused by this, you know, balsamic vinegar poisoning. (laughs) Liz, I'm sure, I know there's a group. I'm sure right there in Santa Monica, Southern California, the the greater L.A. basin, there is a group of balsamic vinegar um, people just like you. And I I think you really need some help on this. And I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what to say to you. Okay, I just Uh, wanted to put it out there. So let's move on to your week of news and thoughts. Well, well, I think it seems like we should really just get right to my personal development, Liz, because, you know, May is my month for personal development. Maybe you didn't know that. I didn't know that until about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) But I I, I try to use the month of May, personal development. You know from time to time I've seen a life coach. And so I got some... I, I just I have to just call a kind of startling advice this week from from my coach about about what I should do. And here's how she, here's how she framed it. You know, and this is all for the purposes of maximizing your own personal charisma. OK, which. OK, this <laughs> it's, it's charisma coaching. Wow. <laughs> Liz, Liz, do not laugh. Okay, do okay, not laugh. Sorry. Okay, I'm I want sorry. you to that be serious about nice. this. I want you to listen. I listened to your pity party about balsamic vinegar, so you okay. now need now you need to try to be a little sympathetic here. Okay. okay, but not not for any purpose, but just you know to be your best self. You know to to really you know to put your best person out there. Like and and she was saying, and this you can take it or leave it. But everyone has both masculine and feminine traits. You know, men and women have both masculine and feminine traits. I agree with that. And when you think about it, the people in the world that are the most charismatic are people who have a a really good balance of both masculine and feminine traits. She gave the example of President Bill Clinton. Okay, you might not, you know, you might not like his politics, but you've got to admit the guy is incredibly charismatic. And the reason why is he is able in a very, in the same speech that he's giving, he's able to have a total command of the facts, the theories. He can be very, um, you know, he can be very masculine in terms of his presentation, but he can also switch immediately and in a very credible way and reach out to one person in the audience 
identify with that person, be very empathetic, be warm, be feeling, and then switch right back to, you know, the master, you know, policy wonk. And this is what was explained to me as someone who has, who's able to do that, to have both masculine and feminine traits that are in balance, it adds to your charisma. And who doesn't want charisma? Right. No, okay. I'm with you now. That seems like a good example. I got it. Okay. So this is how she was explaining it to me. And then she said, and Julie, you need to become more feminine. That's what she said. She said, you are too tailored, a bit, a bit controlled. And what I want you to do, this is my personal thing. You're on a diet list. Wait till you hear what I have to do. Okay. <laughs> I, she, she said, I want you to change your hair. I want you to, to think of a, a softer, more feminine hairstyle. She said, I want you to start wearing makeup. And at this point, Liz, I was feeling a little bad, badly, because, of course, I had makeup on. <laughs> she does not realize how pale you are without makeup. She said, she, well, she does, Liz, exactly. She said, because you have such fair skin, you really, she wanted me to go immediately to the Bobby Brown makeup counter. She was very specific about, <laughs> about what exactly I needed to do. And then she went on, she said, you know, she wants to see me in more flowing outfits, move away from the tailored clothes. She wants me. She said, these are all physical, outwardly physical things, but it helps for you to focus on the feminine side of, you know, of your of your person. She said she wants me to make sure I have flowers in the house. She wants to make sure that I don't only read business books and self-help books, that I read fiction, that I read historical novels, biographies, that I am filling myself with a balance of things. She also said, do you remember the movie Bull Durham and the picture in that movie who had to wear the garter belt to get in on his feminine side? She told me to go wearing a garter belt. No, she well, she told me to go out and get a lacy bra and underpants, Liz. <laughs> wow. This, this is a That's very just... surprising series of recommendations. This is well, really You see you see what I mean? This was astonishing, wasn't it? Yes, I mean, it's uh... astonishing. And okay, so there was just a lot of this. I'm just giving you the highlights of this, Liz. But I mean, since this conversation I cannot look at another person without immediately trying to decipher their male-female balance and whether they're in balance or out of balance or are, you know, I mean, it's an incredible thing. So I don't know if it's true. Uh, I, 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 I guess. What's your gut reaction about if it's true about you as she, as she took you into it in more depth? Did it, did it make sense to you? Well, I mean, I mean, in the sense, like, could I be more feminine? I suppose so. Like, sometimes I feel like, couldn't I be more masculine, too? Yes, right. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm I not know. saying she's wrong, because you, well, I mean, if she's just talking about your physical style, you... you no, she's a- not. She's not. She's saying the physical style is part, you know, that is, this is by doing these things physically, it's going to remind me to emphasize the feminine side of my personality as well. So, well, I'm just, Liz, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. Okay. I mean, I I don't know. That is a shocking and fascinating recommendation. I know, but you, and then you start to think about it. So we talked about Bill, Bill Clinton. Of course, then you think about Hillary Clinton Mm -hmm. and, 
and that in many ways she does emphasize the masculine side of her personality, you know, and that it, it, she's been a very effective senator, um, secretary of state. But it was only, as you recall, during the campaign when she had that moment where she teared up that people responded, you know, to sort of this fem- the female side of it. I mean, obviously, politicians are not the best example because they are politicians and you don't always know, you know, what's real and what's not real. But it is it, it does start to make you think mm-hmm. and you do start, start to look around and start to think about yourself and what you're projecting. And I guess that was the point of the recommendation. So. I'm really fascinated by this. So, um, so have you been to the Bobby Brown counter yet? Or? No, I haven't, Liz. I haven't. I have just been fumbling along. I've I've put on more eye makeup in the last two days than I have <laughs> in probably 20 years. Okay, and okay, you know, well, I would, I'll just say one thing about this, and I don't mean to be catty, but let's let's bear in mind that you are in Texas, and so maybe recommendations like that shouldn't be taken so literal about how much makeup to wear. Okay? <laughs> Though I, though I get I get the larger point. It's interesting about the hair because I just had my hair. I needed the color touched up yesterday because I have to be in New York on Monday and Tuesday for these big meetings. And I was saying to my my hairdresser, like next time I cut, come in, I want a whole new haircut. I'm just, you do. I just okay. get, my hair is it's it's not a great haircut. It's just sort of like my hair just sits on my head. And I want, I want a haircut with a little bit more personality. So, uh, so we had a discussion yesterday about what that would be. And I have an assignment to gather pictures. Now I don't want to frighten you in her recommendations. She did use the word pixie. (laughs) She did. Okay, Liz. Liz, I remember when you had a pixie cut, it was very, very cute and appealing on you. I think I was was nine. Okay, you were nine, but it was it was cute and appealing. So, but you you know, Liz, I have not had the same positive experiences when I at the hairdresser. I have just had decades of bad haircuts. Yeah. So when that was one of the recommendations, like you need to do something softer, more feminine with your hair, for example, that will help help for you to you know remind you to emphasize the softer personal you know personal style side of you. But. Um, so I'm a little I'm a little frightened. And just that. out of curiosity, um, how did your husband react to these recommendations? Did did you tell him? What like uh, what, what what was his reaction? Well, uh, he was he was like, well, that's very interesting. Maybe you should try some of these things. I mean, I think maybe he was... you should try the garter belt and the lacy bra. Sure. <laughs> But as I as as it was explained to me and as I explained to my husband, the lacy bra and panties are not for him. They are for me. Okay, so that's the thing. It's for my it's it is to trigger my feminine side. All right. This is a very it is a very surprising and fascinating recommendation. Yes, I, I, I would say this about you and I know you fairly well. Probably a lot better than your life coach does. It seems to me in many ways you have a highly developed feminine side, particularly if you talk about like the maternal instincts as an aspect of being feminine. You know, a wonderful caring mother and grandmother, caring daughter, caring sister. So in that whole caring thing, which I think of as very female traits, I mean, you're way over delivering on that stuff, Julie. So, you know, I'm just putting that out there. 
Okay, Liz. All right. All I, I mean, maybe that means I don't have to cut my hair or don't have to wear as much makeup. I don't know, Liz. But it's sort of a challenge. It's kind of interesting. I, I'm going to report back on, on yes, by all means. what I, happens. And, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. I mean, it was just, it was sort of astonishing because I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about it that way. And so it's just a different way to think about things. And, you know, if you can boost your own personal charisma, why wouldn't you, you know? Yeah, that's a good question to ask yourself. Sure, I say go for it. What's the worst that could happen? Really? I mean, well, I could get a really, really bad haircut, Liz. Yeah, but right that's happened before, to you a million times before. I know, but but right before my son's wedding in October, like uh, I, whatever I do, I, I just want to be able to grow it back before October. So <laughs> I can go back to my fine masculine style so I can be a really intimidating mother of the groom. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like this. This is going to be very interesting to track how well you do with this and whether I am able to give up tomatoes and coffee. I think it's a stretch for both of us. It really is, Liz. It seems like it's a big week. Um, you know, just a couple of other quick um, shout outs. I mean, we were talking about politics and pol- uh, political wives. I mean, we, we had posted this at our website about um, the news, the very sad news about Maria Shriver um, separating from her husband, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I saw again today, Liz, that, um, that Maria, in fact, has tweeted out to people that she's just really overwhelmed by how many people have written to her and just, you know, wishing support for her family during a, a very, very difficult time. Well, you know, she does come across as such a nice person, and she's been incredibly nice to us over the years, to the Satellite yes. Sisters. We've been to her conference a bunch of times. She's been a guest on Satellite Sisters on the show, and remember, the first time she was ever on Satellite Sisters, she was talking to us about how much fun it was to talk to us, because she has no sisters. She has four brothers, and she loves her brothers, but she said she always wanted sisters, and so I think at a time like this in Maria his life that's when you really need the sisterhood to rally around you so you're right we're all thinking about her even when i got home the other day and i called mom to say hey i got home safely from my business trip we had this little chat and then we hung up then like a minute later the phone rang and it was mom and our mother doesn't often call back she's not a caller backer and uh so it was mom she's like oh I didn't even mention Maria Shriver. Could we talk about Maria Shriver and Arnold for a second? And mom is more busted up than anyone I know. She really has a place in her heart for Maria Shriver. She sees her at mass. Maria goes to their parish in Santa Monica. And so she feels very close to her. Anyway, you're right. The uh, Maria Shriver is just someone you would like to see really be happy in her life. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, when I just, you know, as she goes through this difficult time with her family, you know, we're just really thinking of her. And, you know, I know mom is praying for her. So that's really good. You know, it has also been a big week, Liz. A lot of Republican candidates um, are announcing their intentions to run uh, for president of the United States. And so I just, you know, the first lady's desk, we are we are on it, Liz. Um, and we have a whole new crop. And I just want to say to some of the candidates, whether they, they end up running or not, you know, that they are under our protection. I know there was a number of stories this week about Governor Mitch Daniels and his wife, Sherry, and they have kind of an unusual uh, background where they were married, they had four children, um, then they got divorced, and his wife, Sherry, married someone else for a little while, got divorced, 
And then she remarried uh, Mitch Daniels. And You're she kidding. Has... I didn't even see that. No. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so, okay. so they have kind of a different marital history. And she has never, ever really wanted to be involved in politics. So I just want her to know. It's okay with me, you know, and that's because your rule is leave the ladies alone, right? Leave the that ladies the alone. She doesn't to... want to get involved with politics. That's just fine, you know. And if you do, someone like Tim Pawlenty's wife, his wife Mary, who is an attorney, is very interested in playing an active role on the campaign as part of the campaign. Fine, go right for it. I also want to know, want you to know, Liz, um, that Newt Gingrich has announced that he's going to run for president as well. His third wife Callista okay let's just let's be honest it's not easy to be the third wife okay right, right. that is a that is a very difficult spot to be in and especially with right. a show busy name like Callista okay okay Liz okay I'm sorry so, that was a cheap shot that probably wouldn't be allowed under yes that is not really rules. because <laughs> Callista and I think Melania Donald Trump's wife is that how you pronounce her name yeah, that's kind like of that. Yeah. Kind of so busy as well. And I believe she's number three. Okay, they're, they're fine. Even if you're the third wife, okay, you are set. Okay, you can, you're, you know, you can Julie do. Julie Dolan will protect you. You can do whatever you want. So I'm just saying there's a new crop of first ladies or potential first ladies out there. They, they're all set. Now, there is a one group of wives that I am not protecting at all. And that would be Osama bin Laden's three wives that were picked up in Abbottabad. Okay. And I don't even, they, they tried to interview them this week to find out what they knew, but they, they didn't spill any information, it seems like. And that they were very hostile towards the U.S. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, um, but but they, they were, they had to be interviewed all together. Well, that's never going to work. Okay. So, but those three, I hope that they, you know, I hope that they are interviewed much more severely and that we get as much information out of uh, out of them as we possibly can you know what really struck me when i saw that on the news the other night because they kept referring to them as the wives this and the wives that which really sent a chill down my spine because it was such a just sort of grouping them all together like that with no names and no personalities and then i realized well that is sort of the nature of their lives that's the way they have always been treated i suspect and so it was just, it was a, it's a weird thing to see them sort of in custody and treated like this, like this group now. I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about I agree with you that, you know, I, I hope we find out what we need to find out from them individually. But just the collective of the wives of bin Laden, there's something I find really creepy about that whole notion. Well, yeah, added to the creep news that he was had a number of, you know, there was a lot of porn in his um, in his house in Obadabad, too. So that's just an all around uh, creepy guy, Liz. So there you have it. Yeah. And was keeping a diary. I just don't. That's hard to picture. But I don't know. Obviously, he's not someone we will ever understand. All right. So what a week. I know you have to move on. You have a busy weekend. You got a bunch of stuff happening. I mean, I just have. Take your mom and dad to see win-win. Well, you have two Saturday nights coming up, and I, I know it's going to be—I know it's going to be a win-win. I don't know what you're going to be eating. That's I'm or drinking, but I wish you luck with that, Liz. Um, yeah, I'm going to be so tempted to order the macaroni and cheese at the, at my first dinner, and then who knows what I'll have at my second dinner. <laughs> okay, and I'm heading out for some lacy bras and panties. Okay, and the new meat. So there you have it. 
Okay, Bobby Brown, here she comes. Get ready. Julie Dolan is coming your way. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. You can always keep in touch with us. Uh, we have a Facebook page, so check us out there. We're at SatelliteSisters.com. Our sister Leanne has her own uh, podcast called Chaos Chronicles, and i got to say, I listened to her show this week, which she just posted a couple days ago. It is, she has really, really a funny show this week about who her childhood hero was. Julie, if you haven't had a chance to listen to I it. haven't heard it yet, Liz. Okay, but I, you I will, will laugh out loud at Leanne's okay. story of her childhood hero. Um, anyway, so you can check that out at chaoschronicles.com. And, you know, just stay in touch with us. We like to stay connected. So this has been fun. Fun to be with you, Julie. And don't forget, call your satellites.